Life is partly what we make it and partly what it is made by the friends we choose. That's a quote by Tennessee Williams, and it's relevant to this episode today of the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. We're doing episode 33. The title is Stress Management Strategies for Professionals. This is part three of a three-part series. We've done Managing My Mind, Managing My Body, and now the third is Managing My Spirit. So we're going to focus on two focus areas around managing your spirit. And in the context of the Wake Up Eager Workforce, Workforce podcast, what we're talking about when we're talking about managing your spirit, we're talking about improving your life and work balance by creating a support network of people who believe in you and care about you both personally and professionally. It is, in one sentence, actively inviting people into your life and into your world. And it's something that focused and driven leaders and professionals can let slip That's something that I have experienced myself in the past. And so I'm excited to bring this topic to you. We're going to do, I'm going to share with you a little sample quiz. I'm going to end with 39 top tips, but we're going to focus really on these two key focus areas around inviting people into your world. And I'm going to share some research around why it matters to you and to your focus on creating a Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. And my hope is that it'll be inspiring and helpful to you if this is an area you need and want to take action in. So let's get to it. Hit it, Michael. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. My name is Susie Price of Priceless Professional Development, where we focus on building energy, commitment, and communication in organizations. And we're now in our 14th year. I am a professional facilitator, consultant, and author, and I get to be your host for the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. The directory of past podcasts and this episode can be found at the wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Again, it's actually, let me say it correctly, wakeupeagerworkforce.com. We have a free iPhone and iPad app, and we have links to Android versions. It's not an app, but you can go to Stitcher to get our uh, episodes there as well. So I'm excited to finish up this third of this three-part series. I started it earlier this year with the Managing My Mind part, which where I shared three top stress management strategy tips. You can find that episode. It's episode 31 at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash mind, lowercase M-I-N-D. And then I did a second in the three-part series about stress management strategy tips for your body. And that can be found at pricelessprofessional.com. And I'm finally getting to this episode, which is pricelessprofessional.com forward slash spirit. And you can find that's where you can find the show notes, the quiz and different things that I'm going to share with you today. So it's been a busy year. This is 2017. I'm talking to you on April the 2nd, 2017. And I have had every intention of doing more podcasts and I will be, I have more in the pipeline to be recorded, but I have been super, super busy. Lots of assessment work, 
Uh, I have a key client that uses our Trimetrics tool in all of their hiring, so that's been very busy. I've had the pleasure of being able to coach a group of people within a company, people I really admire and respect, and so that has been very busy. Plus, I've done some full-day workshops for a couple of different executive teams, and so all good, good, good stuff, and it, it reminds me of while I missed not doing the podcast, it's so helpful for me, and this is one of the reasons I I wanted to share with you what's been going on because it ties to what happens to leaders on a regular basis. You have many things coming at you and many, many things that need to happen. But when we get overwhelmed, and I have not been overwhelmed, but when you are, I mean, we have our moments, but I have not been in a state of overwhelm because of all of that work. And here's why. I know what my number one priority is. My number one priority in my business is when I am engaged to do work for any organization, I need to be, and I'm saying in a long-winded way, but in my head, what I think about with my number one priority is A plus delivery. So if I'm asked to do a workshop, I put all the effort I need to into making sure that that program or that workshop is is the best I can deliver at that time from my expertise and my knowledge. And same thing for coaching. You know, if I am book solid in coaching engagements and conversations all week, that's my number one priority. All of that delivery work is the number one priority because if I get that right, then everything else in my business works. And while I enjoy the podcast, I enjoy my newsletter, which also is delayed. <laughs> I'm able to put that aside and say, okay, while I enjoy that, and while as a business owner, I know it would be pretty strategic if I could do more of it, and I'm putting some tools and things in place to maybe be able to be more consistent. But at this time, I'm going to focus on my number one priority. So it's a good tip for managing stress is know what your priorities are, know what your dashboard is, the three to five things that need to happen in your job in order for your job to be successful or your work or your business, and then focus there and prioritize and just put your blinders on and do what you need to do around the number one focus area. So anyway, I didn't intend to talk about that, but I did kind of want to mention why there's been such a long time in between podcasts and also tie that to overwhelm, which I did a podcast episode on. Also to the idea of using your dashboard. And, and I have an episode on that about how to create a dashboard and having having one for your job or for your business. So let's get back to our topic today. It is managing my spirit and it's stress management strategy tips. I wrote a book. It was the first attempt at writing a book. I wrote that in 2013. It's an ebook, and I'll give you a link to it in the show notes, but it's 120 stress management strategies for professionals. And I did a tip a day and I alternated each week. Mind was one week, body was the second week, spirit was the third week, and then I rotated again. And um, I have like email tips. So if somebody wanted to sign up, you could once you have the book, get the tips and get a tip a day. And the tips are not like one little sentence. It's usually activities or strengths and they tie, you know, or actions to take and they tie into the previous things. So they build on each other. So this material is from that book. And so with this idea of managing your spirit, this is about actively inviting people into your world. And this topic would be a fit for you. Here's some symptoms. If any of these apply to you, you may want to really listen to and take to heart what we're talking about today. Do you ever feel like you don't have much to talk about outside of work? Is that your main focus? And do you have a hard time talking about anything else with other people? This topic of managing your spirit and, and actively inviting people into your world may be important to you. Do you have people that you can call at the last minute to just talk? 
You know, you don't have an agenda, you don't have an official meeting, but you can call them to celebrate, hey, something happened, or hey, you want to have some coffee, or just talk. Do you have people like that? Maybe you've had a life change, like you've moved or you've changed jobs or you've had a change in a personal relationship and and you've lost some of your people or what we like to sometimes jokingly say, those are my peeps. <laughs> you've lost your peeps. If that's the case, then you want, might want to pay attention to some of the things we're going to talk about today. Have you come to realize that maybe some of the people that were your peeps no longer feel like your peeps? They're not a match anymore for where you are. Maybe um, you don't enjoy them as much or they're draining to be around? Do you sometimes have feelings of loneliness or isolation? So if any of that is true for you, this episode will have some things to help you, I believe. So the mantra for this episode and going forward is I am actively inviting people into my world. And again, the focus is around managing my spirit, improving your life and work balance by creating a support network of people who believe in you and care about you both personally and professionally. So the two focus areas, we're going to talk about the first one, which is basically building your personal and professional network. So you may feel like you're a lone wolf or you've known people who are lone wolf and we have different degrees of how much social activity we all want. Everybody's kind of got their own metric on that. And it may change, you know, based on what's going on in your life. But most of us are social animals. So some social activity and being a true lone wolf doesn't point to a wake up eager work force life or wake up eager life. So if we're truly interested on in having that high energy and engagement, we've got to spend time cultivating connections with others and actively inviting people into our world. So about 10 years ago, it was about, I don't know if exactly it was 10 years ago, but I was about five years into starting my business. And my previous work colleagues really couldn't relate to the fact that I was in a new business and that our worlds were different now. And so there was some mismatch there if we were getting together. So we started, I had started to lose contact with them. And in addition, I wasn't nurturing a lot of my friendships. I wasn't building new ones, personal or professional, because I was so caught up into what I was doing, working a lot. And, you know, many of the questions that I started with today about feeling lonely a little bit, you know, not having much to talk about outside of work, all of that applied to me. And it was it happened for a good reason, because it's this is my life's work. But I had let personal and professional connections go. And so you might be thinking, well, what does this have to do with being an effective leader? And what does it have to do with building a wake up bigger workforce? Well, there's the subjective comment that I would say there is that when you feel good, you're more effective in every area of your life. But there is actually some research that points to why this matters. The Gallup organization interviewed 5 million employees, 5 million, and they discovered that 56% of the people who have a best friend at work, that's their criteria or the question they asked, do you have a best friend at work? Those people, 56% of those people who said yes to that question were more energized, engaged, satisfied, and productive and successful in their work. While only 8% of the people 
who didn't have a best friend at work were engaged. So I'll come back to that. And there's another way to say those statistics that'll make more sense to you. But uh, I'm coming right to that here now. Gallup's book is called Vital Friends, and they wrote it years ago. It's still very relevant today. The title is Vital Friends, the People You Can't Afford to Live Without. And I will uh, put a link to that in the show notes. But the researchers revealed that if you have no real friends at work, none, you only have a one in 12 chance of feeling engaged and eager in your work. And then on the opposite side of that, if you have a best friend at work, you are seven times more likely to feel engaged in your job. So that's the more simple way to say what I was saying earlier. So if you have somebody at work that you enjoy being around, you have a real relationship with, you might even call them one of your best friends, you're seven times more likely to feel engaged in your job. And we see that it's it's this sense of belonging. I belong here. I belong with these people. I belong in this community. Um, that's a little bit of an extension on Gallup's research, but uh, around a best friend. This is now, do I feel like I belong? And that is something we measure in Trimetrics. It's a part of one of the key under the hood areas around role awareness. Do I belong here? Is this my place? Are these my people? Do I know what's expected? And, and knowing what expected. Expected is a part of role awareness, but also feeling like I belong. And so it, it and we do know through the trimetrics, our capacity or our skills are strengthened when we when that measure, one of many measures is strong. So it's a piece of high performance. So if you're feeling like I did years ago, and there certainly are times now when I feel this way, but much less because I have begun to do that thing I started with, which is actively inviting people into my world. Started doing that when I realized that I had closed off my network. But if you're in any kind of place like that, your network personally or professionally is not as strong as it could be, here's some simple but effective tactics that are going to help you consciously build this area. So first is, uh, I remember when I first heard, actively invite people into your world. And I'm a very friendly person. I mean, people who know me think, oh, she's easy to talk to. Or, you know, I talk to people in the grocery line. I'm a typical high eye style. But as friendly as I am, I had stopped inviting people into my world, actively inviting people. I had stopped taking time to keep and make connections. And I was busy. And I was actually, I was so busy and so, I was probably really overwhelmed at that point, but I was, when people would talk to me without me realizing it, I was probably disinviting people into my world. I was doing the opposite (laughs) because I'm like, I'm too busy to talk to you. So uh, here's some things. They sound obvious, but I want to share them because if you've not been doing it, it is some basic things to start doing more of. Identify people who think like you or have or interest you and that you would like to spend more time with and make time to spend more time with them. So face to face, reach out. And when you reach out, be sure that you're open, that you're not just talking about yourself, that you're interested in the other person. You can practice something we talk about all the time, listening aggressively. And listening aggressively is asking questions, being supportive, not jumping into your advice or your story. You're basically listening and uh, using your body language and, you know, tuning out distractions and being present with someone else. 
That's how you build connections with people, either at work or personally. So find people that interest you and actively invite them into your world. It's that simple. Uh, Some things that I did, I can remember I had lost touch with my college roommate. So I realized, man, I'm feeling kind of alone. And I was realizing I didn't have anybody I could pick up the phone with, you know, and just have a short conversation or check in or celebrate. So I reached out to my college roommate. And every time I went home, I made it a point to spend extra time to go see her, get her to meet with me and we have dinner. And we've done that for years now since I started that. And recently her and her husband came and visited us in uh, our mountain place. That would have never happened if I hadn't have had these incremental dinners where we reconnected. I have high school friends that I reconnected with after our 30th high school reunion in 2012. I invited them to come up here. And now every year after, uh, since then we get together. I mean, that's been huge. So when something's happening with one of them or with myself, I now have connections that I had completely lost. I mean, 30 years I had lost. I had moved. We had moved in different directions. You know, it took me actively invite. I initiated that first get together and it felt a little vulnerable. It's like, man, what if they don't want to get together? But I felt inspired to do that. And I'm just, I'll tell you about something that's going on right now at the end of this podcast around that group. But that has been such a blessing in my life. I reached back out to a coworker. She's somebody that I always enjoyed. I'd lost complete touch with her. And in fact, this past week, she and I had dinner. So every, you know, it takes us every couple, three months, we have dinner together, but we catch up. We have this history. Um, She gives me a different perspective about my work because she's not in my world. Uh, I learn about her world. I actually, I'm on a board of an organization. I invited her to be on the board or actually on the advisory council with me. So we have that connection now. So it's just all these nice connections are powerful. Another thing I did actively is I started getting back out there and networking and networking around organizations where there were people like me doing what I do. I I think I mentioned in my January podcast, I was doing a TED talk, TED style talk at uh, my assessment vendors conference. I go to that every year because now I see people who do what I do and I'm not isolating myself from them. I've done several mastermind groups with people where you get together on a monthly basis and share ideas But what all of that has done is brought back to me uh, a color in regard to uh, vivid interactions and connections, texture, perspective, sharing. It's been very fulfilling in my life, and it is about actively inviting people into your world. So I just want to encourage you to build your personal and professional network. Another part of building your professional side of your network, that was a little bit of personal mix with professional, but is to network. You know, when's the last time you went to a networking meeting? A lot of people who have been many years with a company, they don't network. They don't go to meetings. They don't meet people face to face because they're very set where they are. And I have to tell you, years ago when I did outplacement, there were many people that would come to outplacement is uh, coaching and consulting around career change. And it's usually when people have gotten outplaced. I used to uh, go in and facilitate those. And uh, there'd be many people who'd been with a company 25 years and hadn't kept their network up and the company changed. And now, you know, they're starting from scratch. So you don't want to do it to get something, but it sure is important to have a network of colleagues to support and and contact and help you in those kind of situations. Plus, as you saw or heard with the Gallup research, that this idea of having friends, having connections at work, 
and people, I would propose that that would apply to people outside of your work network, would build your sense of engagement and satisfaction day to day. So let's talk a little bit about networking. I mean, one of the reasons you don't network might be, and it can be with me because I can be impatient, is this idea of this all this small talk, you know, so sometimes that can get annoying. You think, oh, God, this is so boring or this isn't going anywhere or impatient with. So you have to kind of just remind yourself that is networking. Small talk can lead to big talk, but small talk is where it all starts. So that's how you get to know people. So you have to if that's a bugaboo for you, just be aware of that. And when you're at a networking event, practice this listening aggressively again. Is there there's that uh, skill that leaders are always all of us are always able to work on and grow. But, you know, communicate to others through your body language. People don't always hear your words. They pick up on your vibe and your energy. So pick up, you know, use that by leaning forward, extending your hand first, look at the person in the eye, ask questions, you know, especially somebody you haven't met before. If you, if, if networking meetings either bore you because of the small talk or they uh, make you nervous because you're having to meet a bunch of people you don't know. So ask a question. What brought you here today? That's how you start. That usually settles me down instead of me feeling like I'm on the spot and I have all these things I have to share or say. That's actually wrong. That actually doesn't work. You will stand out and be very different and you will learn so much and it'll be a great practice in listening is asking people questions. So what brought you here today? And you'll often hear things about why they came to the meeting. They'll tell you about their work. And then all of a sudden now you've got, you're starting to actually move past small talk into some real discussion. And if you see somebody you haven't seen in a while, what I often say, instead of me talking about what I know, I mean, it's a default for me now. It's asking, so, hey, how have you been? What have you been working on lately? And then really listening to what they've been working on lately. Think about it. When's the last time someone asked you what you were working on and actually cared and listened? You know, other than maybe your parents and maybe your spouse. It shows interest. You get to learn something about them. You get to practice listening aggressively. It starts to create a relationship. Um, And as you learn more about their world, if you're nervous at all, you can relax. And it's just a real nice way to make networking real, authentic, not superficial. And there's a good chance if you do some of those things that you'll make some nice connections. And I would suggest, and there are all kinds of people who are experts in networking, and I'm definitely not one of those, but some of the things that have worked is finding a network or association or something you really relate to and really enjoy and continually go to it. I can remember uh, Association of Talent Development going to my very first meeting when I first started my business and I was nervous and I just did a lot of listening and soon figured out that, oh my gosh, these are my peeps. These are people who have traveled the similar journeys than I have and I don't even know them. And then I remember early on I volunteered. So volunteer if you can. I ended up, I uh, helped had the ATD group plan their 50th celebration. And I made so many connections of people I would never meet and relationships I would have never had that are people I still call today. I mean, that was 10 more, more than 10 years ago that I still call today and, and check in if I need something or they call me if they're looking for something. So real connections, ask questions, tune in, listen. And if you can, if you have time and, and the wherewithal, find an association you like, go on a regular basis and consider volunteering. You'll make real connections and it'll be very satisfying. 
Uh, something that gets people nervous sometimes in networking meetings is having a template for how you introduce yourself. And if it's been a while, if you've been within your company for a while and you haven't done any networking, there's a simple template. I'm going to put it in the show notes. But here's what it sounds like. So when you have to stand up, that always makes everybody nervous, right? I have my standard and you've already heard it today. Hi, my name is Susie Price. I'm a professional facilitator, consultant and author. And my company is Priceless Professional Development. We help leaders build energy, commitment, and communication in their organizations, and our focus is on improving productivity and reducing turnover. That might I might not even say all of that. I might just say the first part. Um, but here's the template. You know, my name is, my company is, we provide, or I do. You could say you know what you do, and then who you do it for, and what you do does for others. So you'll see that template in the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash spirit, S-P-I-R-T-R-I-T, lowercase. And it's just three simple sentences. You fill in the blanks and there you go. You'll have your little networking introduction template. I'm not sure why that always is nerve wracking to do that. I guess it's standing up in a strange room of people. Maybe I'm the only one who gets nervous doing that. But if you have a template and you know what you're going to say, it's easy and you, you know don't attach too much significance to it because people generally only catch a little bit of it. What you know what you want to do is just feel good about standing up and sharing who you are. So that is about actively inviting people into your world and just a reminder of how important it is for you to build your personal and professional network. And if you want to manage your stress and manage your spirit and create that balance, you're going to need to actively invite people into your world. And I mentioned that there were two focus areas. The second is to remember that you get to choose who you spend time with. So if you're actively inviting people in your world, you've got to remember that you want to be able to say, basically, I don't have friends that are relationships that drag me down. You want to have uplifting kind of friends. And here's something that I saw a while back that they said there are three. I'm not sure who the author is of this, but it's a quick little statement. There are three types of friends. Type one, those who like food without which you can't live. Type two, those like medicine, which you need occasionally. And type three, those like an illness, which you never want. So we want to avoid type three, spend a limited time with type two and have a lot of type one, those like food with which you can't live, without which you can't live. So, you know, if you do have friends that seem like they're dragging you down, that might be or in the past had that might be some of the reason why you stopped actively inviting people into your world. So if you're actively inviting, it is important to remember that you get to choose and uh, some ideas that have really helped me because I do empathize with people and I do uh, want to support people. But and if you're friendly or vivacious in any way or a really good listener, you oftentimes people are attracted to you. So you've got to got to know that you get to choose. Right. So when I've had in my life different at different times, people who are like a Debbie Downer, uh, and that would be, I don't know if you've ever seen that video clip where Debbie Downer, it's a, I think it's something Saturday Night Live used to do, where she, uh, they're at, at Disney World and she's, you know, rah, rah, you know, not happy about anything. <laughs> yeah, but we can't do that because of this, you know, so Debbie Downer kind of, you probably get the gist of what that is. It's basically somebody you hang out with that's, you know, kind of frustrating to hang around with them or when you finish hanging out with them or talking to them, you're drained. 
or you feel drained or tired. Some of the things that have helped me around that over the years, because I don't have, I can say, I don't have any relationships that drag me down. I can say that, but I couldn't always say that. The things that have helped is remembering that I have a choice, that I get to decide. You know, I can put up with the drainer relationship. So, you know, a non-decision is a decision. Or I can decide I'm going to change either the relationship, change my viewpoint about that person, So not, you know, be able to uh, not get sucked into the complaining or limit my exposure to that person. So I don't have to let that type of Debbie Downer person drain me. I can take charge. I don't have to be a victim to anyone. And if friends are no longer a match, I can make that change. Uh, My and your happy wake up eager life depends on it. And if our life is full of people who are in trouble or who are draining, then it's hard for new, upbeat, bright and friendly friends to find our way to us because we're all booked up with the drainer. So we've got to got to make room. You can do it in a kind way, but you can choose. And I guess my final point on that is to just remind you that, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you don't go to a restaurant for dinner and say, well, I hope the menu is okay. And you try to make the best of the menu and choke down terrible food. You look for the best place that'll make it easy and effortless to have a good meal. And friends can be the same way. And you can look for people who energize you and choose to spend more time with them. And so years ago, many years ago, when I was sorting through my approach to that because of my empathetic idea of wanting to be supportive to all people, I came up with a little quiz. It's very, it's inexact, but it was my way of my thinking map on how to decide if someone's a drainer or not. I mean, there's so many dynamics and nuances to every friendship that it's why we have mixed emotions about our friends sometimes. But I thought I'd share this little quiz with you and you can just kind of use it as just a fun little tool. I'll have it on the uh show notes page. But here it is. Basically, you pick a friend and let's say my friend's name is Jane. And then you think to yourself, on average, after spending time with this person, I feel. So you think about how do you feel if you're with this particular friend? So pick your friend. Mine is Jane. And then think about which of these descriptors best describe your how you feel most of the time after you spend time with this person. So with Jane, my options, your options are exhausted, tired, okay, pretty good, energized. And so I would say probably tired. I probably usually feel tired after I've spent time with Jane. So that's a kind of a check-in on how you feel, paying attention to your own awareness. And then here are five questions, and that you can get up to out of these five questions that are ranked on a scale of one to five. If they were ranked all five, you'd have 25 points, and it's we'd say, okay, that person's really not a drainer. If you only have five points, that's the lowest score you could get. Person's probably a drainer. Here are the questions. Like I said, they'll be in the show notes. This person is loyal to me. If I had an emergency or just needed some last-minute help, this person would be there for me. So with Jane, that's a five. She would be there for me. I know that. How about how, What about your friend? What do you rate on a scale of one to five? Okay, second question. We are casual and comfortable with each other. I would feel comfortable if I wanted to picking up the phone just to talk with no specific agenda or request. And that's a five for me as well with Jane. So while I do feel tired when I am interacting with her at, at times, there are two of these questions where she's off the chart strong for me. 
Question number three, this person shares my value. We have the same level of integrity. That would be a five, which ain't. Fourth question, this person celebrates my success. Fourth question, this person celebrates my success. Always hopes I'll win and find success in all of my endeavors. That's probably less true. So it's more like a two. I would say that most of our conversations are not about anything joyful on my end. Most of it's filled with some challenges for Jane. So there's a two there. So I've got 17 points on a scale. I could get up to up to 25. This person sees and brings out the best in me. I feel good about myself when I'm with this person. And that's probably also a two. So it's just a simple little tool. It's, you know, there's no science really behind that other than for me, what I asked those questions for was just about me trying to sort out how I'm going to approach my friends and choosing. Um, so there is power in choosing your friends. And um, hopefully this little tool will make a difference. And you'll see the questions and that type of thing in the show notes. So making time to create friends and professional connections to actively invite people in your world. You do have to make time for that. It's not going to happen on its own. It will create a sense of belonging in different groups and with different people. And it's interesting how the world works, because as I am recording this, uh, I found out this morning that one of my good friends from the group my high school friends, there were six of us that I invited up to my house at Big Canoe, and we've gone, gotten together every year after that. I'd lost touch for 30 years. They came up to Big Canoe in 2012, and we've done something together ever, ever since, every year. One of our friends passed away last night. So this podcast is dedicated to her. Her name is Teresa Poole Jones, and uh, she is from Columbia, South Carolina, my hometown. And I wouldn't have the good memories and all the fun pictures and all the crazy making that we did if I hadn't have decided that personal and professional connections are as important as my business success. And I'm so glad I did. I've had an opportunity to talk interact with her husband online and um, or by email and with my friends. And it's just uh, sad to have her pass, but it's beautiful to know that I didn't lose that closeness or that texture in my life of her friendship uh, because I was too busy being an executive. So it's all all joy and it all happens for a reason. And isn't it interesting that I would record this call today or this podcast today on the morning of that loss. But it isn't, it feels like a loss, but it also feels like joy because I got to know her, you know, got to know her as an adult. So I want to share with you, I'm going to close with 39 quick tips and they are going to close out this three-part series around managing my body, mind, and spirit and I think hope they'll be uplifting to you. I'll have them listed, a link to them. They're actually a web page on my website, but they're they're good reminders of all of this self care, to find ways to feel more joy, more small happy moments. Because if we string all those moments together, we're going to have even more happy moments. And that is a wake up eager life. And if we are a, a wake up eager professional or executive how we show up, you know, we do it our own way. 
not everybody looks like I look or you look when you're waking up eager, but whenever your way is, when you're connected and aligned and you feel good in your mind, body, and spirit, then you do impact others. You can't help but. So here's some tips, and I'll, I'll dedicate this to Teresa and her family. Uh, let me read these to you and see what you could take away. Number one, take a 10 to 30 minute walk every day. And while you walk, smile. It's the ultimate antidepressant. Sit in silence, number two, at least 15 minutes a day. That's what I call my tune-in time. Number three, go to bed earlier and get more sleep. Number four, when you wake up in the morning, decide and say to yourself right away, today, no matter where I go, no matter what I see, I will look for and speak about what is good and right. That is something I say every day. Today, no matter where I go, no matter who I see, I will look for and speak about what is good and right. That one's so good. I had to repeat it. Number five, make it a priority. Live with the three E's, energy, enthusiasm, and empathy. Number six, play more games and read more books than you did last year. Number seven, make time to practice meditation and or quiet reflection. Back to that tune in time again. They provide you with daily fuel for your busy life. Number eight, spend time with happy people. That's that choosing your friends part we talked about today. Nine, dream more while you're awake. Take some time to daydream for moments throughout the day. It's okay. You'll come back to work refreshed and you'll feel better. We talked about this in the body part of this series. Eat more foods that grow on trees and plants and eat less food that's manufactured or packaged in factories. Drink green tea. My new thing is I'm drinking bulletproof coffee every day. Drink plenty of water. Eat blueberries, wild Alaskan salmon, broccoli, almonds, walnuts, all that natural good stuff. Take time to make at least 10 people smile each day. Begin counting right now. I want you to go over, if you're listening to this or when you're coming into the office, go over to your office mate, to someone who works with you and compliment them. Do it, okay? Do it now. And we're going to make 10 people smile today. It's so easy. Think about clearing clutter. If your house or your car or your desk is kind of messy, take a few minutes right now and, and clean it up, fix it up a little bit. I can be messy. And it always makes me feel a little more energetic when I take the time to do that. Number 14. Don't waste your energy on gossip or the past or negative thoughts or things you can't control. Invest your energy in the positive present moment. Number 15, realize that life is supposed to be fun. 16, eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a college kid with a maxed out charge card. Number 17, decide to smile and laugh more. It'll keep the negative blues away. There is power in deciding. And you can begin again anytime you decide to decide. I love that. 18. Sometimes life isn't fair and it's okay to feel the sting of the unfair things for a while. But at some point, decide, there's that word again, to dust yourself off and begin again. Things may not always be fair, but life is still very, very, very good. Number 19. Life is too short to waste time on hating anyone. Get help if you're stuck in that anger or even hate. Even if it feels justified, it will pull you down. Number 20, don't take yourself so seriously. No one else does. 21, you can't win every argument. Agree to disagree. 22, make peace with your past so it won't spoil the present. Number 23, don't compare your life to others. You have no idea what their journey is all about. 24, no one is in charge of your happiness except you. 
Yeah, that's a good one. That's worth repeating. No one is in charge of your happiness except you. And you really got to remember that one. And this is a note to myself, too. Uh, and to, of course, all of this is when you find yourself saying he should or she should. That's when you need to remember this one. Number 24, no one is in charge of your happiness except you. Number 25, frame every so-called disaster with these words. In five years, will this matter? Forgive everyone for everything. That's number 26. That's a process. But boy, how what a freeing thing if you weren't holding a grudge with anybody, right? Number 27, what other people think of you is none of your business. Number 28, remember, love heals everything. 29, however good or bad a situation is, it will change. However good or bad a situation is, it will change. 30, try to find ways to enjoy your work. You spend too much time doing this. If you don't, negativity will spill over into other areas of your life. 31, get rid of anything that isn't useful, beautiful, or joyful. 32, envy is a waste. You can be, do, and have everything you want. You can. 33, the best is yet to come. 34, no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, and show up. Number 35, do the right thing. 36, call and email your friends and family often. And I'll add a side note to that. Meet with people. Actively invite people into your world. Number 37, each morning as you awake and each night before you go to bed, mentally recap what you appreciate. I make that my appreciation habit. And a good way to start is when you put your pillow in your bed tonight, list my 10 favorite things about today. And you will be surprised. I always am. There's so many good things that have happened that I have just moved on to the next thing. And I've not taken much time to marinate in the good or remind myself of the good. So we've got to look for those things and remind remind ourselves of our blessings so that we don't get caught up in what's wrong all the time. 39. Use appreciation as a tool to remind yourself that you are blessed. I have an appreciation journal. 39. Enjoy the ride. Remind yourself often because it's easy to forget that life's supposed to be fun. So these 39 tips are fun reminders that happiness and joy is possible even when you're having a stressful moment, day, or week. And I'll close this podcast with a blessing. May your troubles be less. May your blessings be more. May nothing but happiness come through your door. Thank you for being a Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast listener. And I'll catch you on the next go round. All the best. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 